G'day Raiders family, it's Berkey here and welcome to this week's uh, post-match review of my top 10 review of our match against the Broncos round 6 last Sunday. Uh, and I must say that was a terrifically gritty win. So important for the confidence of our year. Um, and just the mental attitudes shown from our guys. Uh, I mean the big thing with, um, with that type of pressure down 16-14 is the toughness under pressure of our players this year. As has been spoken about the last week, um, and as Super said what I'm about to say, uh, you can easily look back at history at 2018 and understand some of the heartbreaking losses that we got last year. Um, but thankfully, these types of wins in hard, tough conditions, those results of last year start, start to dissolve somewhat. And, uh, and that win down 16-14, we could have folded. The Broncos were on a bit of a roll, but we held our nerve um, and we didn't deviate from our game plan. We didn't try and have panic attack uh, and give away stupid penalties. We reset and reloaded, and that's really important when you're behind now, and that's what some of these more mature sides do, the likes of Melbourne, the Storm and the Rabbitohs. If there's a pressure situation, when they're being challenged, they reset and reload and draw back into their own game plans. And I think this is the maturity our side now is starting to develop with a number of our plays and our players that we can quickly adapt without talking about it. Every player sort of knows they need to reset and reload their own ability and their own game plan for the better of the team. Um, and that was really pleasing to see at 16-14 down we come home with a wet sail and put the Broncos to bed. So let's go into the top 10. Um, I want to start with Dynamis Louis at number one. Now, I'm not saying this, but this is a known fact. You need these types of ordinary players to do extraordinary things. I'm in no way saying Dynamis is an ordinary player. A lot of, a, a lot of other uh, people do inside of our own supporter base and external. But these types of guys you need to win premierships. Louis on the weekend was outstanding. For those who want to go back and look at the first 15, 20 minutes he was on the field, some of his runs back through the ruck, right through the meat and the heart of the Broncos' defensive line were quite outstanding. And it's these types of plays that open up the edges and the, and the outskirts of the wingers and the centres to really do some damage. And some of Louis' runs were absolutely first class. I don't think there was not one occasion when he didn't have three or four defenders on him. Um, and that stuff's worth its gold to the side. Now you can go and ask the rest of the A-grade squad um, what they think of Dynamis Louie, and they will rave about him, his commitment and his passion, but just his hardness and grit to do those crappy runs that no one wants to do. So he was my top number one this week for the way that he played. I thought he was outstanding. Number two, same again, Ryan Sutton. Just a hard-nosed, gritty Northern Englander. Um, you know, once again, just fantastic with what he did around the rucks. He had a lot of brutality with his rucks. And what I like about Sutton, he, he leads with his chest forward and over the line. So he's a very hard man to contain, um, running one on, sorry, running sort of one out. And he picked Milford out a number of times and really made, really worked Milford over in trying to do one on one tackles with him. Milford's one on one defense is very soft. So what that was forcing the likes of Gillette and Haas and those guys to come in and help Milford because he could not contain Sutton one-on-one. -on -one. And that was a big win for us. Once again, if you go back and look at some of Ryan Sutton's runs throughout the course of the 80 minutes, he really mainlined Milford a hell of a lot to try and bring in those uh, defenders on Milford's outside and inside. 
So it was a terrific effort, effort from Ryan Sutton and becoming a mainstay of our pack as well. Um, number three, I've gone for Nick Cotrick. Now, I've read a couple of forums the last few weeks where people are starting to get disappointed with Nick's form compared to 2018, compared to 2017. History can be a hard taskmaster. Nick came on to our scene like a bombshell. You, it's hard to remember the guy's still only 20. He plays like he's 24, 25, 26 with his maturity. So we just need to be patient here, guys. I don't think Nick's doing anything wrong. I think he was our top metre eater on the weekend with about 150 metres. For a winger, that is not a shabby effort. Now, if we go to the well too often with these types of guys, it's going to run dry. So we need to be patient. I don't think Nick's doing anything wrong. He's going to be a 250-game player plus for this club. And I expect him, once Jared decides to hang up at the boots in two or three years' time, Nick will take ownership of, of that left centre position. Um, but I think Nick Kotrick's been great for us this year. Shaw has not scored as many tries as probably 18 or 17, but you've got to understand, guys, sides are now doing their homework on the likes of Nick Kotrick, so they know the angles they've got to be on him, where they should be positioned when he makes his plays, and just areas around his game that they're trying to highlight um, in relation to weaknesses that they can exploit. Uh, so we've just got to be a bit patient with Nick. He's certainly been touted as a, as a state of origin winger, at least this year, and rightly so, with some of the injuries that New South Wales now have. But once again, we, we just have to let this guy mature. As I said, he's still only 20. He's still grown into his body. Uh, and I think he's going to be around in the lime green for many years to come. Number four, I've gone for Jordan Rapana. Once again, Jordan's staff this year has not been earth-shattering. Lepana has only really kicked once against the Cowboys with uh, BJ's trying to the post. But once again, Jordan just doing those little things for the team. Those starts out of dummy half on the weekend were brilliant. The bring back, because we don't have the big bodies anymore like Paulo or Bordy to bring, to make those big metres to scatter bodies. So the likes of our back five, particularly Jordan and Nick and CNK, um, they are getting those really critical metres. Jordan runs through those ruck, his dart left, his dart right. They tie defensive lines out and the cracks are going to appear. So Jordan's game on the weekend, while it may seem boring to another people, for a purist like myself and other Raiders fans, it was a joy to watch because he really took a lot of that heavy grunt off our forwards. Uh, number five, I've gone for Jack. Now, nowhere near as many mistakes last week from Jack, which was fantastic. I think he had six or seven last week. This week, I think he only had two, um, maybe three. I think it was two. I mean, obviously, the scoot out of the defensive line to let Nick Arima in, he didn't communicate with Jared at all. He raced up and panicked a little bit and tried to do... He tried to um, uh, he tried to outthink Nick Arima by darting off the line. He's got to do that. He's got to let Jack know... Oh, sorry, he's got to let uh, Jared know he's going to do that so Jared can push in just in case. And that's exactly what happened. Jack went up too quick. Nick Arima was able to skip on the outside and Jared was left on his man and the gap just opened like the Sydney heads. So once again, that type of situation, just a maturity thing with Jack. But he's 40-20. I don't know whether he mishit it. I don't care if he mishit it. It was, a, it was a great kick. And once again, just that little momentum shift we need at that critical time. And these are the types of plays and players who now have that 50, 100 game maturity that can do things like that. And Jack's in that echelon right now of being a mature first grader. So that really got us on the front foot. I thought his defence once again was outstanding other than the, other than the uh, Nick Arima miss. 
Um, and his left foot kicks are really developing beautifully. A number of times on the weekend, a kick down to that left corner in the second half particularly, where he forced um, uh, Darius Boyd to kick it over the sideline to get the scrum back. And then the uh, other one where he also handed into the corner to get Kahu to bring it out. Those things really lift sides when they can get sides into a corner and knowing they can really get some big hits on them in the next three or four rucks. So top-notch, Jack. Number six, I've gone for Havili. I thought his, his carries on the weekend off the bench were fantastic. Once again, bench players need to give that extra 1% and have that impact. And it's always important for our bench to beat the opposition's bench with impact plays um, and, and the way that they um, uh, create a difference when they come on. I thought Savili on the weekend was awesome with his runbacks, particularly his first one, I think from the kickoff when he first came on, when he juggled along the, along the dead ball line, hit it up and got about 30 metres into the field of play. They're big motivational moments, big momentum swings for us when we're playing the first set of six on our 30 metre line. We're pretty safe to get it at least to the opposition's 40 or 30 for a good solid kick. So those first one or two rucks are critical for us, and Havili's really providing that grunt and go forward that we need off the bench. Uh, number seven, I've gone for BJ. Uh, for some reason, with some of the, our Raiders fans, this guy's sort of um, enigmatic, meaning he's, he's hard to understand. He seems a bit mysterious to try and read him. BJ's game on the weekend was beast mode. Uh, I think he only weighed one mistake, which was at pace when he tried to get the ball to Jordan. There was an overlap, and the ball unluckily just flicked out of his hands. Uh, but by the by, I think this year BJ has just matured fantastically. The errors, the hot-headedness is there sometimes, but I think he's refined it big time now to play more that team game. I'd love to see him in a New South Wales jersey. I think it's overdue. However, I just don't think the New South Wales selectors will pick him for whatever reason, which is from a selfish perspective, great for the Raiders. But once again, BJ's just really playing that great team game now. His defence with John Bateman, if you go back and watch most of our games this year, there's been very few, if any, tries scored when Bateman and BJ are defending together. They communicate really well. It's good that Bateman's light on his feet and can easily push out to help BJ a bit wider. And BJ, because he pushes up and in, is always close to John Bateman to help out in defence. So it's a really nice balance with their defensive strengths where Bateman moves well left and right. BJ pushes up and then pushes into the left to get closer to John Bateman's shoulder to help in defence as well. So those two are really potent. Um, and you can see on the weekend the way they were starting to combine. Bateman's set up a BJ second try where he took four defenders with him. BJ came beautifully inside, sweated on the offload, and it was just instinct. Just the call, the pop-up, the teamwork, the confidence to get there. Uh, those things all go well, guys. They're only six rounds in when you've got a new combination on, that, on an edge with Bateman and BJ just starting to click and just starting to put some doubt in opposition minds when they're looking at their weekly game plan about how they attack or defend the Raiders. I can guarantee the likes of Bateman and BJ and Rapana on that right edge are going to be in the top three of opposition coaches, giving them headaches, how they're going to combat it. Uh, number eight, I've gone for our speed. Now, I think our line speed on the weekend, I could see the first five or ten minutes was exemplary. We really got up in the Broncos' faces. The, to the Broncos' credit, they didn't wilt as much as I thought they would. They never had as many as mistakes as I thought they would. I thought we'd be able to get into the younger guys' heads a bit more with their maturity, but the Broncos held fast pretty well, but our speed did not detract one minute. 
I'd like to see a little bit more speed and attack where we keep the ball in play a bit more. I feel we can do a little bit more of second, third play, third phase offloads, particularly with Papali, Havili, Sia, those types of guys to give Hodjo a little bit more room and time out of dummy half if we can win the ruck. So I think our second and third phase plays we can really work on, but we've got a fantastic base there now at five and one to start to do and try those sorts of things at training, particularly with some of these lesser sides that are now injury hit and their confidence starting to get a bit shot. If we can get some type of momentum with our offloads and our second and third phase play, particularly with CNK and Nick and Jared, it's just going to add volumes to the way that we attack. Number nine, I've gone for our depth. Now, we've now um, had Horsberg, Hudson Young, and now JJ Collins all in the space of three, four weeks come in and have a taste of first grade. We've still got M. Ray Gula yet. We've still got Royce Hunt yet. Um, and these other guys floating around. That augurs well for us. We're only six rounds in, or should I say 20% of the season's now already over, uh, the home and away rounds. Um, so to have three guys like that, young guys get a taste of it, is fantastic for our depth. Those guys will come back in eventually throughout the year. I thought JJ Collins' time on the field, he just once again looked like he belonged there, as did Hudson Young, I thought was very strong on the weekend. We've seen what Horsberg can do. Uh, this is awesome for Raiders depth, guys. We're going to need these guys fit and firing throughout the year, and for them to get a taste of the plays and the moves and the speed um, is just fantastic for us so early in the year. Um, and the last one I've actually gone for is the noise. Now, what I mean by the noise, as once again some commentators and very good, uh, very good blogs have already noted uh, in some of their other articles, is we're now starting to get noticed by the media and other fans. Now, those sorts of things creates noise in our players' background. So I think we're mature enough, and Ricky's certainly been there, done that, to block it out. But we've just got to be careful. That type of thing is now around. And as we were the... As we were the hunter at the start of the year, in some sides, eyes were now becoming the hunted. We're five and one. We're equal top with the three big heavyweights, Roosters, Storm and Rabbitohs. So sides are really sitting up and taking notice and be a lot more in-depth with their weekly analysis of where they can challenge us. So the most important part about the noise, if you can, is you block it out and you don't deviate what you do week in, week out with the game plan. Uh, you bring it back to a team level, not an individual level. You, 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 you play your role as the individual, but it's all about team focus. And we've just got to get rid of the noise out of our head. We're on the road the next three weeks, which is quite good. I think that'll just, that'll just, that will um, bind us as a team even more by having, even though the Penrith game's classified as a, as a home game at Mudgee, we're still going away to Mudgee. Um, so we're going to be away for that. We're away for the Eagles. We're away for super for um, uh, magic round with the roosters. So being away from Canberra for the next three weeks, just in our own cocoon, to worry about ourselves, I think, is a bonus right now at this time of the year. We can really gel together as one uh, and really just worry about ourselves and not all the fanfare and the media articles and we're doing this and we're doing that. We haven't done a lot yet. We're five and one, which is an awesome start to the year, but I can see a lot more half glass full with this side than glass half empty. So guys, look, that's it for my post-match uh, post review this week. I'm totally looking forward to this week's game against Manly. I'll have my preview for that game either Friday or Saturday, guys, so keep a look out for that. As always, guys, hit me up on my Facebook page at Berkey's Top 10. You can get me on Twitter 
at Berkey Top 10 with no S. I'll have my uh, link to my YouTube channel coming shortly where you can watch all the previous Top 10s and the, as, well, as well as the years preview shortly. And always, guys, this is Berkey. Bleed green. Bye for now.